0: Well, good morning. I'm Rob Craig. I'm one of the pastors here at North Wake. If I had, haven't had a chance to meet you yet. I know a number of you know who I am, but uh, some of you are guests and new to Northwake. North Wake. Um, I get the great uh, privilege of following your very talented children every Christmas. Wow. To um, follow you with a, a short message, I want to talk to you about the traditions of Christmas, the traditions that we love, uh, and how important they are. Um, I, I love traditions. I, I, I've hung the decorations around the house, put the lights on the trees. Actually, Kelly went and bought the tree, brought it home. They decorated. I put the lights outside. That's my job. Um, there are parties that we've been going to, uh, celebrations to attend. Uh, there's lots of food to eat, pounds to be gained, so that we can take them off in January. We make those New Year's resolutions. There's shopping for presents. There's finding that perfect gift for the 29th consecutive year for my wife. Um, there's, there's the tradition of trying to figure out how to pay for all those gifts that we're going to be buying this Christmas season. And there's the travel. You know, travel has been a part of Christmas since the very first Christmas. If, if The wise man traveled from afar to come see baby Jesus. If it was good enough for them, it's good enough for us. And so I know that for most of us, travel is a very important part of of, uh, the Christmas season, the holiday season. Climbing into the family van, packing everything into the van, eating in the van, sleeping in the van, arguing in the van, doing life as God intended it to be in the van. Um, And for me as a child growing up, uh, we hopped into our 1968 Pontiac station wagon and we made the 78 mile drive from, from my house uh, in Gastonia to my, do- my Aunt Doris's house. And we did it every year for 25 years. And now I continue that same tradition. We get in the car and we drive the 170 miles to Gastonia to my mother-in-law's house. Um, it, it's, it's the traditions, that, the things that we do that make this season so special. Here's, a, here's an old tradition. What's this? I guess I really not know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? I guess so. I... That is one frustrated little boy. Um, for 51 years, Charlie Brown, an exasperated Charlie Brown, has been asking that thought-provoking question, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? The traditions, the hoopla, the craziness of Christmas, they have obscured the true meaning of Christmas. And the Peanuts gang has lost their, their focus on the real meaning of Christmas. And it can happen to us as well. Uh, you type in the words craziness and Christmas into Google and you'll get about a million hits. And they're almost all articles about how to avoid the craziness of Christmas. Um, But here's the truth. Christmas has always been crazy. Uh, If I said to you, what's the craziest thing that ever happened to you? You would tell me about some uh, amazing event or series of events that happened to you. And then you'd say, I'm not making this up. I know this sounds crazy, but this really happened. Uh, I... uh, I, when I travel, I expect to go places. When I go to places, I expect to see people I know. And about 10 years ago, I was in the, the Charlotte airport, and I was with a, a friend, and we were traveling out to the West Coast, and I was uh, I was sitting there with him in the airport, and I said to him, I said, you know, when I go to airports, I expect that I'm going to see somebody I know. And two minutes later, my cousin came walking up to me and said, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's crazy. It. it but it happened. It really happened. Say that with me. It really, it really happened. Today, as we talk about the Christmas story, I'm going to make a ver- some very uh, short, concise statements about the events of the first Christmas. And I'll prompt you with I know this sounds crazy, but and I don't want you to say it really happened. Let's practice. Larry Trotter once dressed up as an elf for a Christmas sermon. I know this sounds crazy, but it really happened. And I wish I had a picture and I would show it today, but it really happened. Well, here's what the the scriptures state about the events of the first Christmas. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the Holy Spirit comes upon her. Amazing, astonishing. I know this sounds crazy, but it really happened. You know, birth announcements are, have gotten more and more extra, extravagant over the years. Uh, we've had some amazing birth announcements here at North Wake. One in particular comes to mind that was not announced. That was the most astonishing <laughs> announcement. Um, Many of you, uh, how many of you here have had your birth announcements done by an angel? Let's have a show of hands. (laughs) The angel has brought this good news that a baby will be born. The virgin is pregnant, carrying this baby. An angel also delivers the good news to Mary's husband, Joseph. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What the angel tells Joseph is that the baby within Mary's womb is God. God with us. And For Joseph, uh, this must have been mind-blowing, incomprehensible, crazy. For for a God-fearing Hebrew to hear that God would become a man would take craziness to another level. God with us? The God who made the world and everything in it is coming to earth. These events weren't just about the birth of a cute little baby, Uh, it's much more than that. God is coming to visit our planet. This is a coming out that God is arriving here. I mean, consider what this means for God. God, with the amazing. Amazing power to speak into existence everything that is will now need to learn how to speak. God with us. These events weren't just about that. They were about about a baby. They were about God coming to this planet. Uh, J.I. Packer, the writer J.I. Packer says, God became a man. The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby. Unable to do more than lie and stare and wiggle and make noises. needing to be fed and changed and taught. Taught to talk like any other child. The babyhood of the Son of God was a reality. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as is this truth of the Incarnation. God Became a human. God put himself into this world. Into the human race. And God knows us. He knows all about us. God is with us. A virgin is pregnant. By the Holy Spirit. Her child is the Son of God. God with us. I know this sounds crazy. But. It really happened. More angels. More announcements. And I think I'll let. Uh, A little shepherd boy tell this story. (sighs) And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord was long upon them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Do not. For behold, I will be tied into great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the way to wrap slug and swather themselves, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, put before. I couldn't sum it up any better. One night, about 2,000 years ago, the birth of a Savior is heralded by angels to shepherds out in a field watching their flocks. These angels announced that this baby born in Bethlehem is the Savior of the world. Not a great warrior Not a great doctor, not a great statesman, but a Savior. The angel says, Behold, look! This is good news for all people. And this is what Christmas is all about. A virgin is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her child is the Son of God. God with us. He is our Savior. I know this sounds crazy, but it really happened. All this really happened and you could say all this really happened for you, for me. God didn't come to earth to display his power. God came to earth to display his great love. Christmas happened because he knew us and he knew all about us. There was a great stain on humanity. God knew that we had a problem. God knows that I have a problem. I was born with a problem, a birth defect. And I have the propensity to willingly tarnish the image of God that I was created to bear. I am a sinner. And guess what? Around this room, there are lots of sinners. If you want to look to the person to your left or the person to your right, there's a sinner sitting there. Merry Christmas, you're a sinner too. And I know that under the right circumstances, you will do the wrong things. You have failed, I have failed, we have failed to measure up to what we were ultimately created to be. To worship God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as a result, you and I are incapable of saving ourselves And Christmas means that God has done what we couldn't do. And that is to save us, to save us from ourselves. Jesus came to earth not to help us make ourselves better, but for the very reason that we couldn't make ourselves any better. The reality is that the distance between what we're created to do, to be, and what we truly are is so vast, so expansive, that it took God to come and rescue us. You and I need a Savior. And because of that, and because of Christmas, we have one. I know this sounds crazy, but it really happened. God has given a gift. A gift of eternal life. And the traditions that we hold to, that we celebrate each year, that we practice each year, each Christmas season... We must have to remind ourselves of this very special event that happened 2,000 years ago. We sing, we worship, we celebrate Christmas every year because we need to be reminded again and again and again and again that Jesus came for us, that Jesus loves us, that Jesus chose us and came for us. It's a crazy love. John writes about it this way. He says, This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is is the greatest love. A love that chooses. A love that gives. A love that says, I want you to be mine. In her memoir uh, called The Whisper Test, author Marianne Byrd, tells a powerful story of growing up as a disabled child. She says, I grew up knowing that I was different and I hated it. I was born with a cleft palate. And when I started school, my classmates made it clear to me how I looked to others. A girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech. When classmates ask, what happened to your lip? I tell them I'd fallen and cut it on a piece of glass. Somehow, it seemed more acceptable to have suffered an accident than to have been born different. I was convinced that no one outside of my family could love me. There was, however, a teacher in the second grade whom we all adored, Mrs. Leonard by name. She was short, round, happy, a sparkling lady. And annually, we had a hearing test. Miss Leonard. Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everyone in the class and finally it was my turn. I knew from past years that as we stood against the door and covered one ear, the teacher sitting at the desk would whisper something and we would have to repeat it back. Things like, the sky is blue or do you have new shoes? I waited there for those seven words that changed my life. As Mrs. Leonard Leonard whispered, I wish you were my little girl. That's what Christmas is about. God loved us so much that He interjected Himself into human history so that we could have a relationship with Him. Crazy, astonishing, amazing. Christmas happened for you so that you could be rescued from your sin and reconciled to God. Jesus was born, lived a sinless, perfect life, was crucified. And then on the third day He rose from the dead. All that so today you could have eternal life in Him. Here's one more crazy but truism. The single most important decision a person can ever make is to accept the forgiveness freely offered by God through Jesus Christ and have His eternal destiny change forever. To receive An invitation offered by God. And it's an invitation. If you've been waiting for God to strong arm you, to kidnap you, to wrestle you into his life, it's not going to happen. It's an invitation. It's a decision that you make. And he'll respect your decision. So you give the consideration. Do the balance sheet of what God offers to you. The gift of eternal life with Him. Maybe it's time for some of you who are here to accept that gift. To receive that gift. And He will love you and welcome you into His family. As crazy as that sounds. He'll take you as you are. Just as you are. That's a promise that He makes to you. So I'm going to pray. Allow us to have a conversation with God. And some of you have already embraced this gift. You've received this amazing gift of eternal life. And if you're already in a relationship with God, then let me say, take this time to say, thank you, God. Thank you for the wonderful gift that you gave to me. But for some of you, I'd like to invite you today to make that decision to receive this wonderful gift. The gift that is offered freely of eternal life with Christ. So let's pray. Lord, some of us have grown up uh, practicing the traditions of Christmas without embracing the Savior of Christmas. Never truly embracing what it means for us that, that that you would love us and that you would come to rescue us from our sin. And now, Lord, some of us are understanding that Jesus was born to live and to die for us Lord, please forgive us of our stubborn and rebellion, our sinful ways. And give us the courage to confess our sins and admit our wrongs and our great need for you. And to receive the forgiveness that you offer freely for us. To say, Lord, I believe and and I receive that gift of what you've done for me. Take my life, Lord. Save me. Amen. You know, decisions that are made in, in times like this are of life and death. And today, if you decided to trust in Christ, then, then let me ask you to make a physical gesture. I'm not going to ask you to embarrass you, raise your hand, stand up or anything like that. But let me say, tell somebody so that you just know that, that this is not a head game. That this is something ultimately important. And to confirm what, to affirm what you've, the decisions you've made. Tell somebody, after the service, I'm going to stand down front. Come and tell me, and let me rejoice with you. It would be my great joy. Let me pray one more time. Father, thank you for what you have done, that you loved us so much, that, Lord, you came for us, and we worship you for that. We celebrate that here, that you came and interjected yourself into history, into mankind for us because of your great love. And so, Lord, that is our worship to you. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.